Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating better boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. To fulfill our mission, we would like to give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. All the views expressed in our podcasts are the views of our podcast partners and not those of better boards. In this episode, I'm talking with Susanna Schief and Hitesh Patel about information overload in the boardroom. Susanna is manager in the Financial Services Faculty at the ICAEW, a world-leading professional membership organization that promotes, develops and supports over 180,000 chartered accountants and students worldwide. And Hitesh, who is a non-executive director in financial services companies. Thank you, Susanna. Thank you, Hitesh, for being here with me. Susanna, you have done a very exciting study about information overload in the boardroom, and you particularly focus on effective boards and committees in financial services. Yes. What has sparked the study? Thank you for having us at this conversation. The original idea really came from the regulator themselves, because we have regular meetings with the PRA, a financial services faculty within ICAW, and we've had a conversation about how concerned regulators were about board members not being able to get through the vast amount of information they are presented with. They acknowledge that partly the reason of the information overload is the regulatory requirements, but still doesn't stop the fact that the information board members need to get through is huge. Can you give us an idea of the volume? What are we talking about here? Well, I think recently some of these board packs grew to over a thousand pages and board members sometimes have only a weekend to get through this. Ideally, they should have seven to ten days and that's what they ask for. But quite often the time is reduced only for a weekend. And there have been various studies done what we could see that an average person can read about 30 pages in an hour and regardless of the length of the board packs, board members will spend four hours. So if you really tally that up, that will be only 120 pages at, in four hours and that will be nowhere near the size of the board pack. Wow, that's a very interesting figure. Can you tell us a bit more about how you conducted the study, that we have a bit more context? Well, the interest came from within ICAW as well. And what I, I was doing is basically conducting interviews with a variety of participants, non-executive directors, preparers, company secretaries. And also I have spoken to board intelligence who are actually providing software for boards just for the preparation of board packs and use their survey as well. Fantastic. And what have you uncovered? Well, the main problems with the board packs is definitely the volume because as we said it's just impossible to get through it the quality of the paper normally they are really unfocused and they're not prepared from the perspective of the board quite often actually board members just get a totally unedited version of the management information pack which is of course isn't helpful at all and the other very serious problem that I've heard back from preparers is very often they don't get any feedback. So they keep preparing the same type of 
papers, same type of bags year after year, and they have no idea that it's not being helpful. Hitesh, you are, you are a member on the board of various financial services companies. So from your perspective, what is not working at present? Um, I think it's really the main issue is the focus on the papers has to be absolutely spot on. They have to be written with the board members in mind what the board members are looking for. And what the board member are looking for is a short summary of what the key issues are and a proper analysis of those issues and the facts, any sensitivities, any key risks of those issues, and then a conclusion and what the company is actually looking for. I think a, a lot of people get lost in the detail sometimes, and sometimes the detail is necessary. But what I find of great use is to have pre-meetings. So when there is a complex topic, you don't overload the board with a huge volume of paper. What you have to do is to take time outside the meeting, go through with management, whoever's prepared it, and understand all the key issues. So when you come to the board, you're only discussing issues of judgment and concern rather than asking basic questions about the particular topic being presented. So I think that's quite key. The other really important point I would stress is it is quite important for board members to give a feedback when the papers are really good or they don't meet the objectives and proper constructive feedback. And this is best done at the end of the meeting. I think the chairs of each committees and the board also have a really important role to play in terms of focusing the agenda, focusing the papers and focusing the content. Because if you ask for the right content, you will get a good meeting and a good outcome of the meeting. So that is really important. I've seen very often in board evaluations that people establish some rules, so about the length of a paper. And you provided a very clear structure. Summary, facts, conclusion. How long, in your view, should a paper be on an agenda item? Well, I think normally five to six pages. However, I wouldn't be as dogmatic as that because in some cases, for example, if they produce a business plan for the year, there is no way you can do this in five or six pages. So it's a presentation. It might be about 20 pages long, but it needs to be focused. And if you have a pre-meet on the figures and the trends and directions and margins and key assumptions before the meeting, you'll have dealt with some of the detail. So that's the balance you need to strike, that in some cases the papers will be longer. In other cases, it can only be a two-pager quite often. I think we pick up in this report, uh, exception reporting is sufficient. There's a lot of material quite often on routine ma matters, which one-liner saying there are no other issues of which are of significant concern to the board and therefore that's it, leave it at that, rather than writing a two-pager about <laughs> issues which are not important. Mm -hmm. I think that's the trick here is you need to be a little bit more circumspect about what you need to put in the board pack. In some cases, minority of the cases, you may need a longer paper, but five pages should suffice. That's very helpful. That's maybe very concrete for our uh, listeners. Now, until a few years ago, board packs were provided as a hard copy. Now, more and more companies actually have electronic formats. 
Have you uncovered anything in your study? Are these electronic formats helpful or do they invite actually that people write even more than before? Yes, of course, it helps because it's easier to adjust papers. You don't have to lug around a vast pack. But at the same time, executive management would have thought about twice before they really pushed a thousand pages in front of the non-executives. Now it's on an iPad, so it's not quite so obvious. And also deadlines are not so strict anymore because before when a printed copy was the norm, they would have kept deadlines, printing deadlines. Now filing an extra couple of pages, nobody notices it. And papers come late, if I can add. Yes. Um, so you sometimes are, are caught out if a late paper's been added to the pack and then you forget to go back and read it. And if it comes late, it's sometimes quite important and urgent. That's why it's late. Yes. So, and so I suppose the discipline goes. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. So it is not necessarily helpful to have an yeah. electronic format. There, there is one big drawback, especially for audit committees, to put all of this digitally. If you want to do a proper analysis of numbers, I think it's impossible to compare numbers from one page to on an iPad. So, you know, my strong suggestion for audit committees is where there is financial accounting information, they should give hard copies to the board members because then, you know, for financial statements, you can flick through and you can compare numbers. Yeah. You can't do that on an iPad. And if anyone says they can, well, they must be a genius. <laughs> yes. That's very, very helpful. When I was reading the report, I noticed that you have actually uncovered unhelpful executive behaviors. So what can executives actually do in order to provide better board papers? So what we were saying in our report that um, time pressure obviously affects executives as well. And sometimes they think that the more information they provide, the better it is. And that's, in a way, passing on the responsibility as well onto the non-executives or for the whole board. Do you experience this, Hitesh, that actually executives pass on the responsibility by overloading you with information? Uh, in some cases, they do. I think when the management papers prepared, it's easier if, if the deadline's short to actually put a lot of information on it because they don't have to then summarize it and prepare it for the board. So time pressures, I think, are causing that sort of behavior. But some of the good companies, I think they will take time. And it must be said, there are still directors who love the detail. Mm -hmm. There are, and they would be, I think, quite concerned when you actually shrink it. One of the boards I've been on, you know, we've been on a journey where the audit pack has come down from about six, eight hundred pages, you know, down to now a more manageable two, 200, 250 pages. There's still one or two directors who believe, oh, we still need the details, but that's now all relegated into the appendices. So that's not mandatory reading. So you can balance it if people want it. But it's mainly uncut management information, which is loaded up. I suppose it's not filtering it. And yeah. um, this is some people, as Hitesh was saying, just prepare to do their own editing. Yeah. And have you seen anything else? So, this passing on of responsibilities, anything else that they do that's not really helpful? Quite often, the same paper is being passed on to the board after it's been to one of the committees. So, this is obviously duplicating and wasting time. And also taking away the responsibility. How can, say, the audit committee make a decision if 
they're just going to be overtaken by the board. Just yeah, that's that's a common thing, particularly between audit and risk committees and the board, and some of the PRA requirements that the risk appetites and the internal model work needs to be approved, finally approved by the board. It's a waste of time because the board spends 30 seconds approving it. So why even put it on the agenda? So you should just have, and I suspect some of the problems are created by the regulators, but if a board committee approves it, that's it, done. You know, it's only the rare circumstances that it needs to be escalated if, and then there should be a discussion if it needs to be escalated mm -hmm. rather than, oh yes, this committee has looked at it, they're fine with it, let's approve it. Well, what's, you know, you spend two minutes wasting the time unnecessarily. Well, on the positive side, what have you actually uncovered in terms of very positive and helpful behaviors of executives? Often there are meetings, executive meetings, when they actually use that meeting to filter and have a dry run for the information that is provided to the board. So that is, of course, really helpful. Hirish, what have you seen in practice? What executives do that's really helpful, actually? Well, I think the good ones communicate well. They communicate well with the chairs. So good planning for an audit committee or a risk committee or a board prior to the papers being written, the agendas being set, I think dictates then what papers are coming, what is actually required in the papers. I think if you have a very passive chair, then you'll just get all the information thrown at you. So the chairs, I think, working with the management, the CFO, the chief risk officer, they need to work together to make sure they've got the right agenda, the right quality of papers and information, and then a meaningful discussion then taking place on the issues of concern. You have taken quite an active part in this study. What have you changed in your practice? Or have you become more aware of certain issues? Uh, I have definitely been more aware of the issues. I mean, I think we have always been on a journey with companies. We've improved on one of the boards I've been We've improved the information massively over the last two years. That's before this came out. But what this study has done, it's made it very clear in my mind to provide high-quality feedback back to the preparers. So when it's good, you praise them. When it's not sufficient, you tell them what in particular do you want out of the paper. And then you get the analysis. And engaging with them sometimes, if they produce the paper, it's not good enough. You call the preparer just before the meeting and say, I need this information. And they'll gladly oblige. And that mm. will address your concerns. So, and that makes the committee meeting, the board meeting more effective because you've already addressed the question. So I really buy into this point about two things I think are so fundamentally important. One is feedback to the preparers and also being proactive, the chairs being proactive in preparing the papers. And secondly, you need to have those pre-meetings quite often so that the committee meetings are not then stifled by meaningless questions on detail. And what can company secretaries actually do in this process? Well, I think the best thing they can do is to encourage feedback on the papers. So if they act after the meeting, just go and canvas the board members that did you have any feedbacks, you know, what was good about the papers, what can be improved. I think that would be a really valuable role. They can also have more interaction with the chairs mm -hmm. in setting agendas and getting involved at that stage to make sure once the agendas are set and the, the request goes out what papers are necessary, that's quite important. 
And what role do you think board evaluations play in the process? It will have some, because I think at, you know, at one point in the year, you could stand back and say, is this process working? And I think that whoever's evaluating, making the evaluation should have this particular points about, is feedback being given to management? Are the papers focused and of the right length? And the most important thing of a board, I think, is there enough discussion and debate? And if you focus on questions like that, then you've got the whole thing working in a nice way. I remember Hitesh telling me once before that he's never met an executive who wouldn't act on the feedback. If there is feedback, they will do something. I mean, it might take a while and it might be a piecemeal action, right. but they will always act on it. So it's always worth doing it. Or, you know, the point about contacting the actual preparer of the paper directly yeah. or act on their approach. It's quite interesting. Two or three examples which bring this to life, particularly in the investment space. It took me at least 12 months to 18 months to get the investment deck MI right for one particular company. And now it's fantastic. We go through it, the issues just come out. It's a dream. And on another board, we have had a couple of paper on some very difficult issues dealing with asset liability management, hedging, derivatives. And the papers were of such high quality. It was a very complex subject, but the preparer did such a marvelous job. And you should have seen the discussion. We had a 45-minute discussion on one particular issue. Everyone was engaged. Everyone understood the issue. And that is how really good governance works. Great to see that. Fantastic. Thank you ever so much. Thank you particularly for all these real practical insights. Thank you. Sure. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you. If you would like to contribute to our podcast series, please do let us know. You can best reach us on info at better-boards.com.